Welcome to the TurfNet Renovation Report, sponsored by Golf Preservations, the Green Drainage Specialist. I'm Anthony Piapi, your host for today's show. My guest is Matt Powell. He is the Green and Ground Superintendent at Dedham Country and Polo Club, which is located just south of Boston. Welcome to the show, Matt. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. So we want to talk about your renovation, and it was a complete rebuild of all 18 of your greens. That is correct. So all 18 plus the putting green, so 19 greens. All right. And did you also do bunker work? Uh, yes, we did a combination of um, based off of Brian Silva's plan, but we added bunkers and took bunkers out. But all in all, we rebuilt everything completely, put new sand in, drainage, um, bunker liner, the whole nine yards. Now, you've been at Dedham for two years. Is that correct? That is correct. I started in February of 16, so just over two years now. Right, and you had come over from Muirfield Village. You were the superintendent working underneath Paul Latchell. Uh, correct. I was there for 10 years and uh, gained tons of experience and worked with a lot of uh, great guys in the business, so very fortunate. And let us I want to give a little description of, um, of Dedham. It's an old-line old line Boston club that goes back how long was, when was the original uh, course laid out? So um, they basically claimed that 1910 was when the club first opened for golf. Um, they were, originally were a polo club and uh, there was a Norfolk, Norfolk Golf Club and Dedham Polo Club and they joined forces and finally became Dedham, Dedham Polo Club in 1910 and then um, we're only a nine-hole golf course at that point, and then by the 1920s, they finally became a 18-hole uh, golf course. And it was a it was a Donald Ross nine-hole course at one time, correct? Correct. Yeah, that's how it originally started, and then and then in 19 early 1920s, uh, Seth Rayner came in and renovated what Ross Ross's original holes, and then also added 10 more holes, making it a uh, complete 18 holes at that point. Right, and so so you are then a, we are not a Ross course or a or a renovate. You're a, you're a Seth Rayner 18 hole golf course. Yeah, that is what we're um, that is what we renovated for, and you know we're fortunate here in Boston to have tons of great Donald Ross courses, and we're fortunate to at least have him be a part of this property. But to try to separate ourselves from all these great clubs around us, we're we can claim that we're we're the only Seth Rayner club in Massachusetts. So that's our kind of our unique calling card. Right. And we should point out, too, that there still is a Norfolk Golf Club, which is a nine-hole course uh, in not too far away from you. Correct. That might be in one of your uh, books as well. It's it's in the new book. It's in the finest <laughs> nines, correct? Thank you for pointing that out. So yeah. when, you, when you came to Denham, was the, was the restoration already um, a foregone conclusion? Had the club voted on it and you knew you were getting into that? Um, no, so it, it really evolved from um, what it kind of started out as. I mean, there were some things teed up before I got here. Um, so even back in as far as like 2005, they had this master plan put together with architect Brian Silva um, to do all these renovations. And that's when they kind of really decided they wanted to go the Seth Rayner route. And this master plan had been kind of pieced away at over the years with some T renovations and some bunker renovations, but it was maybe only a quarter of the way done for what it was going to be completely. And 
before I got here, the club had already planned on rebuilding the irrigation system. So when I got here, they, I knew, at least knew the irrigation system was going to be redone. And then um, they had talked about this master plan, and I was able to talk them into doing doing this all at once, complete the master plan, irrigation system, you know, just shutting down the whole golf course and just biting it off at one time. And then it kind of evolved into, all right, well, we're closing the golf course and we're spending all this money. Well, it's only going to cost, you know, a few hundred thousand more to rebuild all the greens and, you know, give ourselves pure bentgrass greens with uh, USGA greens mix and, you know, a precision air system. And, um, it was kind of too good to be true and too too much to pass up for them at that point. So it just, even at this time last year, it was still evolving and um, it's come a long way, but it ended up being an overall $7 million renovation on this place. Now, if I remember correctly, before your time, there was some real foot dragging and, and a portion of the club that didn't really want to do a complete restoration. I mean, I think this goes back probably to around 2000 or so. So this is a real change in the attitude of the club is it, I know you've only been there for two years, but it's from it's a, it's it, it's they've really changed how they look at their at their golf course and what they wanted. That's that's for sure. There was a kind of a new regime on the board that was very progressive and kind of wanted to make a big impact. And you know that we joke about it all the time. It was kind of the old Yankee way. They didn't want to spend money, and you know they they have the money. They just didn't want to commit to spending it and you know kind of save it up. So with that luckily with a new progressive board that you know brought me in and had all these visions and really wanted to push to you know make this club into something great um you know they've they were kind of driving force behind it and then i just rode that momentum and you know after we kind of proved ourselves the first year that hey we've you know we can produce good conditions and you've got something you know something great here they they you know it was kind of an easy sell at that point and and was there was there a a portion of the membership that still didn't want to go about this that was that was from the old regime and were and were dragging their feet or um resisting change yeah there were a few um you know the the irrigation system part portion of it was an easy sell you know this the master plan portion of it was an easier sell but overall once we once we put it to a vote it was still an overwhelming yes to do the project there was maybe only 10 percent or less that you know kind of went against the project but because we because we sold it very well and we're only going to commit to shutting down in the fall and early in the spring you know and not have to tag the membership or assess the membership for more money to pay for this project it was um you know it wasn't too much pushback luckily so right all right, so we're going to take a quick break uh, for a word from our sponsor, and then we'll be right back. From green drainage to sod work, Golf Preservations can handle your project with ease and give you the peace of mind to know the professionals are caring for your valuable golf course assets. Visit GolfPreservations.com or call 606-499-2732 to talk to us directly about your next project. Okay, we're back on the TurfNet Renovation Report with Matt Powell of the Dedham Country and Polo Club, and I think we have to talk about Brian Silva, don't we? He's the best. <laughs> he's, he's something else, that's for sure. If you haven't met him, the, the man is about, uh, are we going to say 5'6"? We can let him be that tall? I guess we're going to be generous today, but yeah, yeah we'll call it that. 
and he's full of life, and he was a former turf professor uh, at Sand Hill Community. Well, uh, no, I'm sorry, not Sand Hill. It was in, in full. It was in Florida, uh, Lake Lakeview, Lake Lake something. Yeah. I'm sorry, Community College. Lake, sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, and then he was also a green section agronomist for the USGA, so he has a real connection to turf and uh, superintendent. Tell tell me what it was like to work with him. He was lively. He kept it interesting. Um, I mean, for me, he made it fun because it was, you know, going through all that as a superintendent and having all that, all that pressure on you to get it done right and all these decisions and, you know, the stress of an everyday project. You know, when he came in every week or every every few days, you know, he just brightened your day because he was just joke, you know, joke around with guys and, you know, bust our chops and he just he has a good vision for what he wanted and. Um, He's a great architect, and just the word fun and upbeat and joking. I mean, that's that's his personality, and you know, he's just one of those guys you wanna you wanna be around. Yeah, and, he, and he's one of those guys that that listens. I mean, he told me that you're the one who figured out that there was a lion's mouth green there. That you know, he said I'd been on the course as he would say, you know, a hundred thousand times and not noticed it, and then you came up with that idea. And he doesn't resist that. I mean, he was happy to tell me that you had come up. You had discovered that, and he was ecstatic that he was gonna, you know, restore it. Yeah, yeah, he was. It was kind of a give and take, just just like any project. You know, I, I saw certain things or different mowing lines. You know, hey, let's move the fairway line here, or you know, what do you think about this idea? And you know, he was definitely receptive to what I brought to the table, as well as um, our contractor Tom Kennedy, who had worked with him several times. So yeah, it was. Uh, that give and take makes it makes it a good relationship. All right, I forgot that was that's Agriscape out of Connecticut, wasn't it? The the company you had working there. Uh, that's correct. Yep. Right. So, and one of the cool things about it is, is you guys were using or you used the Green Scan 3D technology, right? That is correct. Yeah, we used uh, Scott Poole, uh, his technology. He's based out of Georgia, and um, but I never really even heard of that technology until last year when we contemplated rebuilding all the greens and it's basically the easiest way to scan them and be able to put them back exactly exactly how they were and make sure all the contours and you know that original Seth Rainer design and characteristics stayed there right I I'd seen some of the um, the images of the before and after of greens of what he's able to restore and it's quite it's quite amazing oh yeah he was it kind of helped with our selling of the project too because for us, green greens number four and eleven had so much pitch to them from back to front. You know, five percent, five six percent, where they were very unpinnable for the most part. And with his technology, you could basically take the exact contours of the green and tilt the green back and soften it about a foot or so, and you know, soften those contours to make it more usable for years to come. And you know, that that helped me sell the project as well. Right, and and you buttoned everything up when. So greens, we were able to finish up in eight weeks, start to finish. So greens are at least buttoned up before winter. Um, so by the end of October, early November, greens were done. Um, there's still there's still uh, bunker work left to finish and irrigation work and cleanup and some cart paths and bridges. So there's still a month or two left. Oh, there is. Of, okay. Of and who's doing the irrigation work for you? Uh, Tanto is doing the irrigation work, and they they've been phenomenal as well. Okay, and what did you use for uh, what did you grass your greens with? So I got the we ended up sodding them. 
and we got the sod from uh, Boyd Turf out of Pittsburgh, and it's a variety of 007 and Pure Distinction. Okay. And had you seen those? Is that why you chose them? What's that? Hey, it, what, what, who made the decision? Was that something that, like you and Brian agreed on? Had you guys seen seen this grass? Uh, it was basically a decision that I had made um, based off my experience, plus talking to my network, you know, talking to guys like Paul and um, Chad and different guys within the business that I trust, and saying, "Hey, what, you know, what grasses you guys seeing that you guys like, and you know, what can be successful?" And then, um, you know, I basically let Colin know that, you know, what kind of what our decision was, and, and then last June we went and did a site visit, and you know, saw what the sod was coming, you know, looking like, and made sure our decision was the right one, and we were definitely happy with it. And so what are you looking for? Do you have, I, I mean, we've got another snowstorm, our fourth one of March on the way, apparently. Any idea when you're opening the golf course, what's the target date? That's the, uh, the million-dollar question around here these days. Um, <laughs> it's, it's funny. I've been, I've been asked that question probably, you know, 100 times since December because everybody, right. you know, everybody could see all the changes and, you know, see all the greens were completed. And, um, you know, our, our anticipated date, we kept telling the membership was Memorial Day, as you know, when we'll, right, the, is when we're shooting for. But, you know, depending on how the spring is, if we get lucky with weather and get a warm spring and get everything established and growing in, you know, we may open a little earlier. But, you know, you don't want to overpromise anything and right be able to do it because obviously, as I'm learning, being here for two years, New England winters and springs are a crapshoot. It's, you know, one, day, one day it could be 70 like it was in February, and the next day it's going to be uh, 16 inches of snow. So we're just, you know, we're just playing the waiting game at this point. But um, about a week or two ago when we had the first nor'easter, a lot of the covers and stuff blew off the greens, and um, it's amazing what the greens look like at this point. They are just beautiful and members would drive by and see them and think, <laughs> think we could open the golf course next week and it's like holy yeah. cow that's it's like it's like taking the dress off they just you know they were excited to see that and it's like man that's just like beating them off the stick. <laughs> which is good which is right. good but it's gonna be a waiting game so did you guys also do tree work or had had that been done along the way um so yeah we did uh, we did a little bit of tree work specifically for the renovation like yep. to the right to the right of number six fairway because um, brian put in a double fairway over there so we had to take a few trees out to add a fairway and um, you know my couple years here so far we've taken some out to try to open some vistas and kind of you know create that more of a, a linksy course and you know older style golf course how it originally was you know 100 years ago when before they kind of went through that phase of planting trees and you know, 50s and 60s and all these pine trees. So kind of trying to set it back to that old school original look that it was meant to have. Right, right. And and this was your first real what would be considered a restoration project, right? You've never really been involved in one before? Uh, I've been in several at Mirfield, but not a complete golf course, you know, not a complete golf course renovation. I've done every, every portion of this work at Mirfield. Right with uh, mr nicholas but this is a yeah this is the first time doing a complete complete overhaul at one time was there was there anything that really surprised you about it having that kind of background but was there there's there a surprise because you were doing a whole golf course at one time um yes and no i mean 
I at least knew going into it, it was going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of work, a lot of big decisions. And, you know, by the time, by the time the project was even getting ready to start, your mind's already fried because all the decisions and things you're making leading up to it and, you know, selling the project and going to the committee meetings and different things. But um, once that project actually got, got going, it got easier because you, you could see the work, the, pro the progress being made. And then once they started sodding things and putting stuff back together, you could see the vision come back together and it, it got easier as it went along and you got comfortable with it. And, you know, time-wise you thought, man, you'd never have time off or day off. You just worked, worked to the ground, but right. You, know, you, you still worked to the, worked yourself to the ground, but you enjoyed every, every minute of it. And it wasn't, it wasn't as overwhelming or as, uh, as chaotic as you envisioned it being. So as long as you hire the right people and, you know, the right architect and people, you know, have their kind of have their stuff together. It it goes pretty well, for the most part. So it was a uh, it's a great learning experience, and you know, I would definitely uh, definitely do it again if I had the opportunity. If there was, if you were giving advice to someone who's going to be in that position doing their their first restoration, and we're going to a restoration of a classic golf course, we're really trying to put it back. Superintendent came to you and asked you for some words of advice. What would you tell him? Uh, delegate and. You know, use the experts, um, whether it's the Silvas of the world that, that know these classic designs so he can help you. You know, hiring the right architect is the first step in any any renovation. You know, making sure you've got your ducks in a row, putting together a solid master plan that that your membership approves of. And, you know, that, that alone is going to be a year or two process just to come up with an all-encompassing plan and having getting the right architect that fits your fits your club. But... You know, once that's set in stone, you know, for me trying to finalize all these details about grasses and, you know, how I wanted to rebuild bunkers and do all these things. I mean, I I used my network of, of people and use experts around me and tried to delegate as much as I could to, you know, make sure that I was making the right decisions, but also, you know, keeping the membership, you know, communicating with them as well to make them feel the ownership in the project as well to so make sure they're feeling a part of it and, helping make the decision as well because we're you know at the end of the day we're all in it together and we're the ones that are going to be you know enjoying it over the next you know 30 40 years after we put it back together right well i gotta tell you, you know i saw i've seen the golf course a number of times over the last few years and i saw it right before the work the work started we had a seth rainer society membership meeting there and it was fantastic and i'm really looking forward to getting back because i was on the ground you know and was it october i was out there with you and brian and yeah, I saw some of the grassing had just, you know, some of the sodding had just started and it looks great. And I can't wait to see the golf course again. Yeah, it's, you know, just seeing how it finally got put back together going into the wintertime and just seeing what the greens look like right now coming out of winter. I mean, I'm ex I'm just as excited as the members are to get back on it <laughs> and get this thing put back together and get right. this thing dialed in. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing what what this thing looks like, you know, come July and summertime and. Uh, once it gets all all thrown back in, it's going to be, you know, hopefully we can be as good as some of these other great clubs in our area. Yeah, and it's and for people who've never been there, it is it is uh, an eminently enjoyable golf course to play. It's a lot of fun, requires all the shots, requires all the clubs, but it doesn't beat you up. It's it's really a fun golf course. Yeah, it's it's deceiving. It's you know short yardage. You know it's only you know 6,300 6, yards or so and. But there's a lot of uphill shots. The green compounds are tough, and it's 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 definitely you know more than you bargain for for a short golf course. But 
you know, I was from moving from Ohio to here and seeing, you know, the character of it with the rock outcroppings and, you know, it's, it's a great piece of property with all the hills and everything. So it's, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's great. I mean, and there's, and I'm just thinking while you said about the uphill stuff, but there's virtually no level approach shots on that golf course. Is there, you're playing either uphill or downhill on every approach shot. Yeah. It's, that's what makes it challenging. It's, you would, yeah, it's not, not just your average short golf course and there's, you know, challenging greens. You can't, it's a, even if it's a second shot golf course, you cannot miss the greens and, you know, you're going to end up in a, some tough rough or some tough lies trying to get, you know, trying to scramble for par. So it, yeah. it challenges everybody. And you got to put your tee shot in the right, on the right spot to get to those greens too. I didn't mean to make it sound like it was yeah. a second shot golf course. I mean, you really have to know how to play the golf course to open Absolutely. up those angles, the Seth Rainer angles and all that. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely challenging. Well, thank you for your time. I really appreciate you uh, uh, spending a few minutes with me to talk about this. Uh, we've been talking to uh, Matt Powell from uh, Dedham Country in Polo. You've been listening to the Renovation Report on TurfNet Radio. And this has been Anthony Pioffi, and I'll talk to you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.